Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Wow. You like that one? I don't know. That, that was, hurts your ears? It was a little sharp. Hey, uh, so it's good to be back because we have had the virus. We got the Rona. You know, we joked about it a couple of podcast episodes earlier. Well, well not really joked about it, but no. we talked about it. And yeah. then we kind of thought we had it and then we didn't have it. And then like even those episodes where I'm coughing my head off, I didn't have it then. Right. You, you just that? always get a cough. I have a cough, but and then, but then I got it. But then you got the real cough and it was terrible. But we're yeah. going to talk about Corona on a different podcast. That's good. Today. Yeah. Tell us what are we doing? So today, you know, we are in a world where there are multiple pandemics happening simultaneously. And one of the, uh, one of the pandemics I've become recently aware of is the pandemic of conspiracy theories surrounding human trafficking. It's its own pandemic um, because there is just a lot of information out there, a lot of awareness, but there's also a lot of misinformation out there. And my inbox has been blowing up personally and then also on Jesus Said Love and um, I really wanted to talk about the issue of human trafficking because number one, there's a lot of noise about it. Number two, Thursday is World Day Against Trafficking, and we're hosting an event with our partners at Unbound to do a display of public art and a candlelight vigil. We are not using this day to raise money. We're using this day to raise awareness for organizations who are on the ground with real-life victims and engaging the issue in multiple ways. So I wanted to do a podcast with our partners at Unbound and with our detective friend and partner to talk about real facts. Okay, guys, buckle your seatbelts because we on the podcast today have director of training from Unbound, Jessica Sakura. Yay. This is our studio audience. Glad to be here. And we've got detective Joe Scaramucci. And if you... From the... Well known, <laughs> beautifully successful McLennan County Sheriff's Office. Truth. And so we're going to talk about all the things human trafficking. You know, we're going to talk about the facts. We're going to talk about survivors. We're going to talk about stings. We're going to talk about what it looks like to um, look at a case, to build a case, um, and and execute on that. Um, so I have a question yeah. before we, so I follow a podcast called, well, I won't say what it's called, but it is about conspiracy theories. Okay. And so like every episode follows all these conspiracy. Why does it feel like, like I'm 44 years old and this is like the first time in my lifetime I've heard like conspiracy theories being a big deal other than what's at area 51. Is there Bigfoot? Um, <laughs> 
and who JFK. killed JFK. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, it's like all of a sudden we, we all get locked down in the house because of a virus. And now everybody thinks Wayfair is the head of trafficking around the globe. Yeah. How do we get there? Well, I have my own thoughts. I, I don't think 2020 could get any crazier. I mean, mm-hmm. really, like, what are you going to throw? You know, I was thinking this morning, if you did a Back to the Future movie and dump somebody in 2020, what's their reaction going to be like? <laughs> you know, like, this is just nuts. So I think we just have a buffet of options to choose from. And we're all terrified. There's so much fear in the world. And we're locked into our phones. So I don't know. But let's talk about not conspiracy theories. Let's talk about what we know. Real theories. Let's talk about the real facts and the real truth. So we're going to start with Jessica. Great. Why don't you give our audience an overview of what trafficking is? Mm -hmm. They're going to be a little bit aware of this already, but maybe go into what are some of the facts that you feel like your organization really needs people to know right now, today, 2020. Absolutely. So I think one thing I've seen over the past five years of doing prevention education, community education um, in Central Texas is that our knowledge of human trafficking, our awareness has never been higher. I used to walk into a room and say, who's heard of human trafficking? Maybe one or two people out of 30 or 50 would raise their hands. Today you walk in and ask the same question. Everybody raises their hands. And while that in and of itself is good, the reality is that brings a whole host of its own issues because what they think they know about mm. human trafficking is not the complete picture, and, and that's healthy, and it may be completely inaccurate, mm. which is unhelpful. Um, so we have a whole population of people who think they understand, um, and while they may have heard the word before, the reality is they still have a big gap of knowledge of what it actually is, how it actually happens, And so they're still missing how to protect their own vulnerable people in their community. And they could still be missing what it's actually looking like for the victims and survivors in our community. So I'm I'm grateful that human trafficking awareness is higher. And now I think the next step is making sure that just because I've heard the term before doesn't mean I understand it. And Mm. so we as a society still need to pursue full education to understand not just the term, but the laws behind it and how it's playing out in our local communities. And so one of the biggest misconceptions I hear over and over, especially amongst um, professionals serving students and caregivers is, oh yeah, we know about that. We keep an eye out for white vans and our kids don't, you know, walk (laughs) the streets alone and that kind of thing. And they're serious. Um, And I love that they feel like they're doing the right thing. They have a heart to do the right thing. But the reality is across the country and what we see locally is that a befriending, boyfriending um, is the number one, far and away number one way that any person of any age is introduced into sex trafficking specifically. Mm -hmm. And those relationships are often initiated online. Mm -hmm. So if you're out on your front porch looking for white panel vans Mm -hmm. and your 14-year-old daughter's up on her phone in her bedroom, you're missing it. Mm. And so conversations like that about what do we think we're looking for and what should we be looking for mm-hmm. are some of the big things I think are important for people to um, to get a full education on trafficking and not just read a newspaper article um, and think they know what it is. And our specific lane, um, I know for you guys, yours at, at Unbound is broader um, in some ways, but our, our work overlaps. We primarily deal with 
people who've been um, exploited or trafficked through commercial sex. And trafficking, as a general term, could be labor trafficking, domestic, sex trafficking. But what we're going to talk about specifically in this episode is sex trafficking. Okay. Um, just so maybe give us an overview of, um, like, what are we looking at globally? Like when you hear the word trafficking, so just break down sure. maybe what those categories are. So when you look at trafficking around the world, um, the main forms are labor trafficking or sex trafficking. Labor trafficking is happening in really every country in all sorts of industries. It doesn't have to be an illegal job for it to be labor trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, there have to be elements for adult sex trafficking or labor trafficking of force, fraud, or coercion, which means the victim is in the situation because of force, meaning do what I say or I'll hurt you, or I'm physically keeping you in this location. Fraud, I told you one thing, it's a mo- come up for a modeling interview, mm-hmm. you get there, your documents are taken, you're drugged, something else has happened. So there's a lie that's involved. Or coercion can be blackmail. It can be very relationally manipulative, mm-hmm. meaning I get to know you, I get to know what you need, mm-hmm. your vulnerabilities, and then I use those against you to mm-hmm. control you. Um, so the way that plays out in any community in the world is going to be very specific to the vulnerabilities of that community. Yes. But legally, in the United States, if there are elements of forced fraud or coercion for labor trafficking or commercial sexual exploitation, it becomes human trafficking. Mm. We talk about minors. If they're 17 years old or younger, we don't even have to prove right. forced fraud or coercion. If they are involved in any type of sex in exchange for anything of value, mm-hmm. we can protect them as victims and prosecute those involved as traffickers. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about something of value, it can be a new purse, right. a ride home from the football game. Anything that has value can turn that sex act into a commercial transaction. Mm and allow us to protect that minor. And when we talk about sex act, it's not just physical sex. We have victims who are being sold on webcams mm-hmm. to buyers around the world in the privacy of their own home. Mm. So it's a pretty broad realm. So it's not necessarily just about physical touch. Absolutely. It's about total exploitation. Total exploitation, even leveraging someone, blackmailing someone into sending in nude videos or nude images, which are then sold. That is a form of sex trafficking. Mm. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the ability to prove this and to protect victims, um, I want to bring Detective Scaramucci in this because what does it take? What are you looking for when you're trying to prove force, fraud, or coercion? That's tough because, like Jessica said, you know, it's usually the boyfriend, the husband, or Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call them. Um, so we're already up against that. You know, the way that we typically do it is find alternative charges that don't require force, fraud, and coercion. So organized crime, uh, money laundering, things like that, um, to really build out cases that don't even require the force, fraud, or coercion proof. Because force is easy to prove. I can show that you've been punched in the face. That's, mm-hmm. you know, you have a black eye and you're missing teeth. Um, coercion is very difficult to prove. Um, and it's very difficult to even identify so we we really do everything we can to work around that. But when it comes to the force, fraud, or coercion, when we do uh, prove you know those elements, we're using everything we can find. So mm-hmm. whether it be text communications, whether it be um, anything ever posted to the internet, whether you know everybody's putting everything on the internet. So it works to our benefit because mm-hmm. I can really stir up a lot of open source intelligence on you 
that you're just putting out there and don't even realize, you know, that you're doing these Instagram photos or you're doing this, this Instagram or Facebook or Mm -hmm. Snapchat, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And we're watching. So once we can get our eyes on somebody that we believe is being exploited or the person that we believe is doing the exploiting, we're just spending time building out intelligence on them. And that's really how we're able to prove a lot of uh, these, mm. these cases and those elements. I think one of the first things that you said to us, like early on when we were talking about um, some of the sting operations or identifying trafficking is you were like, follow the money, mm-hmm. follow the money. And I think that of course, now that we are looking at the Jeffrey Epstein case and things like that. I mean, really there's just so much there that you don't see initially as trafficking, but when you start to dig and you start following the money, there's a lot more revealed. Tells a story. It really does. Yeah. And can you, I mean, I guess I'm, you're not an attorney, but are those pieces of evidence that you would hand over to prosecutors and that you would say, you know, look at this connection and we believe there's substantial evidence here. Yeah. We, Is do, that what you're doing? we do it all the time. So, um, you know, cash app, Venmo, some of those it's, it's irrefutable. You can't say I didn't receive that money because I'm watching it go from her account cash, yeah. you know, cash app over to you and it's going straight into this account and we're able to take the, the transfer. So as an example, you have, sex ads posted today in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, from Albuquerque, New Mexico, you're making bank deposits that are being transferred over to, you know, Dip Dizzy Whizzle in, mm. in Waco, Texas. It's not hard to follow that and right. confirm it. Does right. that make it a federal when it, when it's transactions like that? A lot of them you can. Um, sometimes it it just depends on what the nature of the offense is as to whether or not state or federal prosecution is better. There are many, many times that state prosecution is way better. Mm. Uh, But there's also many times that federal prosecution is better. So it just totally depends. Mm. Um, When we look at locally and what's happening domestically, I think one of the the biggest myths that you guys probably, and you, you touched on it earlier, is that most people are trafficked. I know for sexual abuse victims, most people are sexually abused by people they know, um, family or boyfriends, teachers, um, people in professions that are engaging with a lot of children. Um, so in the case of, of trafficking and specifically sex trafficking, most people are trafficked by people that they have relationships with. Um, let's just explore in the case of maybe let's just build a hypothetical case on this podcast and then talk it through. Okay, so this is, I'm just totally framing this out, but let's just, we, we're not going to use names, we, but just piece together kind of a, a story of, of men, maybe it's a story of many victims that you've worked with or, or traffickers. And so let's just say, um, start with, you get a tip or how would you typically get a tip? How do you, how does Unbound begin directing with a, or begin services with a trafficking victim? Yeah, that's a great question. So we um, come into contact with victims in multiple ways. Sometimes when we're out giving a training, specifically in a school setting, um, we go into 6th through 12th grade um, environments, and through teaching the kids what the laws are defining trafficking, how it plays out, how traffickers and recruiters will target them online, we have kids come up to us at the end, and they're like, 
um, can I tell you about this thing? Can I show you this text? And like, what do you think? And it's, it's everything from, yes, that definitely could be someone who's wanting to get to know you for exploitation to yes, your boyfriend was selling you that with sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. So we literally will have students identify as victims for the first time to us after being told what the law is and how it plays out. So this is why education is so important. And this is why the work of Unbound is important because knowledge is power. And when you begin begin to give language to yes. an experience, yes. it is automatic. I mean, we have to put that knowledge somewhere. And so if you've got middle schoolers, you've got high schoolers who are like learning for the first time what trafficking is, I mean, that is an outcry, right? Right. So that would be an outcry. again, our community knows the term human trafficking, but if we're not connecting that knowledge to what it actually, how it plays out in a young person's life specifically, they can be victims and not even know it. Well, yeah. I mean, if you you just said a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Right. Nobody right. in their normal mind is going to think that could ever be a trafficking situation. But you guys, even on your website, have this video of this story of this girl right here in Waco, Texas, who started getting befriended. They became a relationship. Mm-hmm. What we come to find out, though, is that on his side, it was about grooming this girl. Yes. On her side, it was, I'm falling in love with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the curtain gets pulled back, and here comes drugs and all the dark stuff yes. we hear about. But but I think that is interesting, is it, it's so layered and so buried that you don't even realize it's happening until all of a sudden... You're in it. You're in it. Yeah. So let's keep going. So the girl comes out and so she says, this is what's happening to me. And mm-hmm. she basically shows you she's being trafficked just through maybe some text. What do you do? Right. So at that point, you know, in Texas, we, as an adult, we are mandatory reporters, mandated reporters. So by Texas law, if you suspect a child is a victim of abuse, you have to report it. And so I will tell a student, I want to hear your story. I want to help you and I, and we can connect you to resources, but I am going to have to report this because you've been injured, you've been in danger, or if I think you're in imminent danger moving forward. Um, so we definitely want to be upfront with them. We don't want them to be blindsided. So that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in a school situation, then we definitely want to connect them in the proper reporting protocol, which usually involves a school counselor, um, pati- um, potentially an administrator. We don't want to get a big circle of adults involved, but we want to have a few trusted adults who know how to deal with um, reporting and connecting to resources. Um, so at that time, we would either hand them off, the student off to the school counselor, if that's their preference, or we would call in a, an unbound trained survivor advocate who's trauma-informed, who has connections with all the local resources and um, law enforcement to get an investigation started. Mm-hmm. And then where does it come in if we move maybe this story along and let's say, um, let's say the text revealed that her boyfriend had been um, kind of, she'd been sending pictures, he's been putting it up on some app or, or ads. And so now it's kind of a game like, she doesn't really think he's selling her. She's never seen any money, mm-hmm. but um, she is going to hotels with them, and he's maybe bringing in some other guys that are sleeping with her. So maybe that comes out mm-hmm. during the process of disclosure. Where do you come in, Joe? It depends. So you know, once the report's made, um, we, we really, and I think it's kind of unique to Waco, but I, I really like it, and it's something that we speak you know all over. Um, but there's nothing that's really siloed. Mm-hmm. So 
anytime when Bound makes a report, the National Hotline has a report, anything like that, it comes to both uh, myself and, and Jason Lundquist at the Crimes Against Children Unit at Waco PD. And we sift through together to find out like what's most appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that particular instance, they are much more investigatively sound with, um, I don't want to say reactive, but with follow-up, obviously mm-hmm. we do the same. Whereas we can be a lot more, more covert. So if, if it's something that we're going to work together and just the hypothetical that you threw out with the hotel, um, you may have the PD running search warrants on, on cell phones mm-hmm. and search warrants on you know, social media accounts and things like that. And we may be out sitting on a hotel, you know, dressed like some homeless guy watching what's going on so that we can all kind of filter together and, and ultimately, you know, hopefully get this this person out. The beauty of I think of it with juveniles is I don't care. I'm not going to sit here and try to negotiate sex. I'm not going to try to do this. I'm not going to try to do that. If we see a kid, you know, we're going to get in pretty quick and, yeah. and be able to pull him out. So, it, yeah, it definitely works out. Does sometimes do when when a report like this is made and um, does it sometimes lead to something bigger going on? On occasion, um, I think part of the misconception going back to, to conspiracy theories as a whole, and we'll use Epstein as an example, it's not usually this big networked organizational thing where you have mm. to give the secret handshake, mm-hmm. cough three times and wink to right. know that that's the password to get through. Um, it's very siloed Mm -hmm. and, you know, people, even looking at organized crime and gangs, people say, well, the gangs are trafficking. Well, not really. Gang bangers Mm -hmm. may traffic, Mm -hmm. but when you think about it as a pimp, what's your biggest thing? It's money. So you're not going to take money to want to give to somebody else. You want your money. Um, so it does lead to some organization. It depends on what type of trafficking venue it is. We see a lot of times with uh, Chinese organized crime, it may be a little bit bigger, Mm -hmm. uh, organization than, say some guy who just decided, Hey, I'm going to pimp this person out or these two girls out. I'll, you know, groom them and go through this whole process and Mm -hmm. then do that. So it, it does have some organization, but by and large, it's, it's very siloed when there's an operation. So, um, and obviously we, we won't follow the case all the way out, but, but that's a look at maybe one way that a victim would present him or herself to you to unbound um, in terms of law enforcement, talk us through what you're looking at every day to determine, are there victims out there? How, what are you doing to intersect and to stop human trafficking in our city? And what's that process like? Yeah. So proactively, um, you know, we're sifting through the internet constantly. Um, that's probably the biggest part of my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we're looking for certain, you know, things, obviously I, I can't get too detailed in those, but you know, if I can combine sex ads and I can combine money movement and I can start looking at some of this and, you know, find you on social media and see who you're hanging with and what your movement patterns are and things like that you can pretty quickly establish that they're likely trafficking victims. Um, you know, in the way that we handle it, uh, every you know, perceived sex worker, if that's what we want to call them, or, you know, obviously there's a million terms. Um, I just automatically treat them as a victim because mm-hmm. statistically speaking, they're a victim of something, yeah. um, whether mm-hmm. it be trafficking or, you know, frankly yeah. of life. Yeah. So that's where we bring in different organizations like Unbound just from the beginning, because I'm not going to criminalize somebody for their victimization. That's, right. you know, ludicrous. Um, so we're building out everything we can before we're even saying hello. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so generally speaking, we have a very full story where you've been, who you've been there with, what you're doing uh, long before we even make an attempt at intervention. What yeah. would you say is the number one media that traffickers run through? And if it's social media, which is there a, a specific platform? Yeah. So when we look at trafficking on social media, the, the biggest one that we see for the actual trafficking is uh, Snapchat. That one's big. Um, the overwhelming majority, like Jessica said, of the recruitment is occurring Facebook still to this day. <laughs> um, Instagram, you know, those kind of social media platforms, we still see a ton of recruitment there. Uh, and the grooming and, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um you know, there are very specific websites that are geared for trafficking, and that's where the overwhelming majority of the, the Internet trafficking is occurring. Um, there's some sites that you just you don't mysteriously end up on. I've never accidentally just stumbled upon a website where I purchase human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, those are very specific for that. Mm-hmm. And how are how are men and women who want to purchase sex? Let's just talk through. I mean, how are they how are they finding websites to buy where, where, I mean, are they Google? Are they just Googling? I don't know. I've never paid for sex. <laughs> uh, I, you know, my, my assumption is, uh, you know, if you Google, if buy you sex Google in Waco, buy Texas, sex yeah. or buy escorts well, so, or anything. So like I've that. actually asked this question in stop the man school. I have answers, but I just want to hear what y'all say. No, I've asked this. Like, how do you like, tell me, how did you get there? And the number one answer is, I've heard of it from somebody at work. That's what I was going to say. They talked. They to each said, other. hey, go to this website. You know, it used to be Backpage.com, and that doesn't exist anymore. So now there have been new ones that have come out. Um, but yeah, they just hear about, they hear about it from work. Yeah. Um, and porn and ads on porn, um, advertising, you know, hookups and chat rooms and mm-hmm. things like that are other ways that they all just, it's like a rabbit hole. I mean, it really becomes a, a gateway and a, and a rabbit hole to, um, for those who are addicted to sex and want more and more and more devious forms of sex to just keep mm-hmm. going down the rabbit trail. And then you meet people in chat rooms and you meet people who, well, sure. I mean, it's like Pandora's box. Yeah. I mean, several, several of the guys I've talked to, they've, they, they were like, I didn't have any intention of doing this, but it's like curiosity you know, killed the cat. They keep going back to, oh, now we're engaging in this conversation with eggplant emojis. And next thing we know, now it's sending pics. And but what you didn't know is that you're talking to Joe when you're doing that. Right. Yeah, that gets a little awkward sometimes. <laughs> that, that is awkward. So and we know what each other what each other does in terms of our organizations, but our listeners may not. So Detective Scaramucci is also in our sheriff's department here has really taken on this issue of trafficking, bringing awareness to it in our community um, and state. And now, like you just spoke at the um, the summit for commercial sex exploitation and did a presentation there as well. But what is um, one of the kind of methods that you use are sting operations where you're looking at um, ads and you maybe identify a hotel. So kind of talk through that. And then I want you to talk basically how those guys get into stop demand school. Yeah. Tell us all your secrets, Joe. No, I know you can't (laughs) share everything. I know, but, but maybe you can just share like what is happening 
at the hotel. Yeah. So if we're, if we're targeting, um, ads where we're trying to identify, you know, victims, um, that looks a little bit different than the buyer. So Mm -hmm. for them, you know, we may be sitting there scouring again, the internet and it, it may take 10 hours of Intel for one quick operation. It's funny because we'll spend days and it all comes to a head in about 30 seconds of, you know, coming in contact. Mm-hmm. Um, those, you know, again, going back, just open source is our, our friend. I mean, people post everything on the internet everywhere. Yeah. So we can really build out a lot there. I mean, obviously we have access to, uh, you know, different facial recognition software. We can run faces through plenty of things to come up with who may be who. Um, so, you know, it's, you're really never hidden from the internet in 2020. Right. Um, when it comes to the buyers, yeah, we put out, we put out decoy ads, you know, and we talk it up and negotiate everything we want or they want rather. And, um, you know, they show up to the hotel, so we may have a very specific conversation. But Joe, isn't that entrapment? Aren't you entrapping them? <laughs> entrapment is that? my favorite. So we always get the question, are you law enforcement or any agency that's affiliated with law enforcement that conducts sting operations? Mm. Because I think they think that constitutionally we must tell them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a newsflash. The cops can lie. <laughs> so dun, dun, dun. We didn't Conspiracy know that one. theory. Yeah. So um, we give it the no, and then obviously we ask them, are, are you law enforcement? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah, don't want to. Playing the ask. game. Yeah. Um, which, you know, we usually get the, hell no, I hate the cops, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me too. Um, but they, yeah, so we give very specific uh, locations to carry out those acts. You don't mysteriously just show up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually with them. We're able to kind of reverse the, the scenario and build out a lot of intel on them. I can usually tell you before they show up who their wives are, you know, what their, mm-hmm. what their kids go to school and all that. Um, so we generally have very good, you know, information on them, even if they're trying to conceal themselves, which, you know, by and large, most of them do. It just doesn't work too well. Mm-hmm. And this is like, you know, if you're like Gen X, like me, then it, this is like to catch a predator, you know, That's remember right. that, remember Chris, the show, Chris, it really, was. yeah. And so it's really what you're doing because the intent is there to buy a person yeah. to buy sex or potentially buy a minor. I mean, you know, and so you're... We see a lot of cross, too, and that's where people really get confused or they, they really kind of, oh, well, they were just going to the massage parlor. Well, that's that's fine. That's cute. But the guy who's just going to the massage parlor is the guy who's also just answering ads on mm-hmm. the websites. Mm-hmm. They're also the guy who's just taking the minor whenever the minor's offered. You know, they're the ones that are doing all of this across the board. You know, we've had buyers that have been prosecuted literally in other jurisdictions for Mm. raping women at at knife point. Well, Mm. that's the mentality. And even though you say, well, that's not me. I only purchase sex. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's deviant deviant behavior, behavior. you know, no matter how you look at it. And, you know, I don't care, you know, how deep into it you get. Deviant is deviant period. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, um, it's illegal. So, so well, we could start so there. So, start I mean, there. we can just start with the fact that this is not okay. Yeah. This is an illegal activity that's not to be done. And regardless of morally, if you believe in open sex with whoever, however, whatever age, that's not even what we're arguing. This is illegal that harms the most vulnerable in our community. And so, Brett, when those guys that get arrested and want to detect a Scaramucci stings, 
Jessica's over here with Unbound working. If there's been a victim identified, then they're working with the victim. The guy, the offender, then um, hopefully is enrolled at Stop Demand School if it's not a felony charge, if there hasn't been harm to a minor, because then, of course, they're taken mm-hmm. to jail. He's he's headed off to prison. It's a different process. Mm-hmm. But let's say the, the guy is answering an ad. There is no, quote, victim involved. Um, does that bother y'all? Do people say, when they say victimless crime? Yes. Are y'all it, hearing it that? It bothers me, I think, because in, in the years of that Unbound has been working with victims and doing prevention, um, our victims, even if they are currently an adult, when they intersect us for the first time, and I know you guys see the same yeah. thing, you ask them, tell me about the first time. Totally. Tell me the first time someone took sex from you. Yeah. And they were kids. Right. They were minors at that point. And so to me, their victimization happened at a point when the law protected them as a victim of sex trafficking. Mm. Now, whether or not they're currently 23, 24, 35, mm-hmm. whatever, that harm and that trauma and the way that it's affected their mental health and mm-hmm. their age sense of agency in the world is perpetuating their own victimization, even if they feel at that point it's a choice. Yes. The harm ha- happened. Right. And it hasn't been resolved. Yeah. And in the case of an ad, that harm is also what is drawing in other perpetrators and predators, even, the, even though it's just an ad and you know, Joe is the person who's quote selling well, but himself, but he's deal. selling himself as a 16 year old girl. Who- even, even looking at adults, and this is an argument that I make that's not always very popular, but even if you were to have a completely consensual sex worker, completely zero force, front, yeah, nothing, right. um, a buyer is still a trafficker because mm-hmm. the buyer is still exploiting whatever vulnerability and need is there for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, this, well, they were consenting. Well, were they? So statistically, we can say that if you were to put 10, quote, sex workers in a room, you know, we have a very large number of those are probably being trafficked. Mm-hmm. But what about the two others that weren't mm-hmm. being trafficked? And the question then becomes, for one, why I like to ask, this? yeah, why did you choose? What is, why are you here? You know, what can we do to fix this? And I've yet to ever have one woman say, this is my first choice. Mm-hmm. This is what I, I want to do. It's always, well, this happened, and this happened, and then this happened, and then this asshole is exploiting that. Like, come on. Listen, money, where there's money involved, there's a power differential, and the person who holds the money Mm -hmm. is the one in power, not the one selling it. It's an illusion. And, yeah, I, I... we have so many women on on all sides of this issue, and we even have some today who will still argue for pro-sex work, who will argue for pro-choice, who will argue for like pro-choice in terms of it was her choice. Mm-hmm. She had you know the individual autonomy to do this and believes that this is not a crime, that it should be fully decriminalized and all this kind of stuff. So we have women who I listen to and I listen to and I want to experience, but I've yet to meet one who said, right, but I needed money. Right. I needed a job. So therefore 
I'm like, then then our system and our society yeah, is system failing is still women. Exploiting you. It's still you failing yeah. women. And can I jump in for a second yeah. and talk a little bit about male victims? Because totally. this is an area that we are just yes. really putting in a lot of effort to get better at identifying them in our communities. Um, McClendon County had its first case where um, mm. the defendant was someone who was abusing young boys. And um, they are more likely to be in sex work, if that's mm-hmm. the term we're going to use, as a method of survival sex. And so they are having, they are using sex as a way to meet their tangible needs, shelter, food. Oftentimes that is for their family, maybe for their mom, whatever. And so because they see it as a choice they're making to meet their needs, they are not likely to identify themselves as a victim or ask for help. Even if the buyers are violent, even if the buyers are highly abusive, even if um, the type of sex that they're involved in is not their personal mm. sexual choice. Um, so there's a whole nother layer of that mm. when we talk about male, bi- male mm-hmm. victims and the reason they're engaging and what makes them harder to identify that mm-hmm. I think comes along with that. There's ground level, there's harm. Right. Male or female, wherever there's harm. Right. And right, our society, if you, are, if you feel that's your best way to meet your needs, mm-hmm. our society has let you down. Right. And that's where we have work to do yeah. um, to change the narrative, change 100%. the options. Absolutely. Hey, lovers and lovelies. We are so thrilled to offer our first podcast giveaway. By taking just a quick survey, we're offering a pretty spectacular prize, $100 to Lovely Enterprises. That's right. Just take a few minutes and you're entered to win the chance to shop Lovely's store online. You can choose from our body products like our minted rose facial mist, our after sun line, Turkish towels, luxurious scrubs, hand poured beeswax candles, and apparel. Lovely products are ethically sourced and socially responsible. And that means from start to finish, we ensure our products don't harm people or the planet. Plus, we have really amazing products and a team of survivors who love their lovely jobs. So if you want to see what Lovely is all about, take a quick survey and you'll also be entered to win $100. The winner will be announced August 21st and contacted by email. Just go to jesussaidlove.com backslash podcast and click the survey button. That's it. JesusSaidLove.com slash podcast and click the survey button. Enter today and you could win $100 to shop lovely and change lives. Um, so you, Brett, get the, the offender, you get the quote buyer and, and he is there and pays um, a pretty good chunk of change, though not near as much as you would for a DUI. Definitely for harming not. someone, Definitely Definitely potentially not. harming someone, maybe, yeah. But he pays a little but bit. But interesting goes fact: they're the same charge, class B misdemeanor. Yeah. Anyway, ugh. Okay. I think there's That's gonna be some proposed podcast. legislation this year <laughs> know, for some state jail felonies. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, how how do you engage this issue with the buyer, and what is the program of, of stop demand school where you're educating these buyers on the issues they're hearing from survivors and they're hearing about yeah, trafficking. Yeah. What's so happening in their mind? A lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so we've had over 200 guys go through our course, which is a day long course about the effects of buying sex. And I mean, all the way from here's what the industry is to here's what it's doing to your brain to, 
how you're impacting women, and then they're hearing from survivors. So, um, we just launched the course online in light of the pandemic. So we had a new survivor. Um, she was not in the industry. Uh, she was actually a spouse who was left by a sex buyer. And so that's one of the interesting untold stories that we don't hear about this. You know, we hear about the prostitute and her demise and what happened to her. We hear about the buyer and what a piece of crap, trash, low life he is. But we don't hear about the wife that was left. Or we don't hear about the kids that were left. Mm-hmm. And so it was an interesting <laughs> element to bring in because that's one of the things that I've noticed the buyers don't think about. They don't think about their spouse. Or they say things like, you know, we live uh, in Central Texas. There's a big military community that is participating in this. And, um, you know, their their thought is, well, my wife's stationed in um, Japan. It's just, it's just what you do in the military because that's what you're doing overseas. And so, um, you know, we're seeing um, – here's what's interesting is the younger guys are just curious – and the older guys, the more seasoned guys, are the ones who are like, there's a deviousness. Does that, do you, do you agree with that, Joe? And what you see, I mean, it's, there's a, I've done this and I have a, I have a low lying anger. Like, I really believe there's some men who, who are angry with women, like, which leads me to um, where my space of empathy is, has grown for these men, right? Not saying, um, I, I agree with what you've done, but realizing there's a reason you bought sex and we can probably go back to your childhood and figure out what got you on this road because everyone, I mean, I could tell you the doctor's story. I could tell you uh, the 53 year old man who tried to buy the 16 year old. Um, it wasn't because he wanted to sleep with a 16 year old. That was just kind of how that was playing out. So does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think one of the most fascinating things for me is when you are finished with a stop demand school of how the responses have been for these offenders to actually um, have a wake up call and realize what they're contributing to that they're contributing to an issue that they never believed in their mind they were contributing to. So now when well, you're... Well, their biggest thing is they think, well, she wanted, she wanted to do this. this. And so when they hear from the survivors, like when they hear from Elise, right. and Elise said, I never chose this thing. Right. It chose me. Absolutely. And, and 200 plus guys, I've had one guy who tried to come out and prove the, um, um, the survivor wrong. Oh, I it bet got, you that it, went into a got, fight with that guy. <laughs> it, it got kind of unchristian. Yeah, right. I'm not going to lie. I think there's a certain level of deniability, though, too, if you don't know. That's kind of honestly one of the things that I really like about y'all's, y'all's course is that, you know, my thing is is I'm, I'm great with first-time offenders being sent because mm-hmm. you, you can no longer – say you didn't what's the old song if you don't know yeah. now you, like yeah. you, you know yes you know. so you can't know what you don't know exactly yeah. so at this point and and one of the things that I, I think is interesting is you know at least locally i think we've arrested probably over 450 450 mm-hmm. buyers i think we've had like eight repeats mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. and interestingly enough um a couple of classes ago i had a guy i was like you why do you look familiar to me he goes well this is my second time to take the class and I was like, well, that's a violation of what we agreed to. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. I said, so tell me what happened. Like, why did you, you, you heard this the first time? 
And he said, well, first of all, I'm a sex addict. I have an issue. I agree to that. I, I'm acknowledging that. He said, but I'll tell you, your class did actually work. And I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, the sex addiction talk. He said, um, I tried to reach out. No one answered my phone call because he was kind of, you know, in the flames of passion. Um, he, he, he answered the ad and then he drove to the hotel and he, as soon as he pulled in the parking lot, he remembered my voice saying, don't find yourself here again or else your life is going to change, not for the better. Mm. And so then he turned around and left and they busted him like 10 miles down the road mm. because the crime had already been committed. The crime mm-hmm. was committed when the text was exchanged. Yeah. Is that correct, Joe? It was because I hear this all the time. Well, I left the parking lot. Why did I still get arrested? Well, you committed the crime 20 minutes before you got to the parking lot. Is yeah, that it's, it's all in, the, in that particular instance. It's all digital, which is great <laughs> because I have a hard time selling myself as a female in a hotel room. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you're, you're right. The, the, that particular case is bought and paid for before you even knock on that door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, but for him, it was a win, even though he got arrested again, even though he got another yeah. sex buying charge, it was he remembered. And then he followed it up and said, I remembered the survivor. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I do think for some, it may take more than one time, but yeah. what that communicated to me was, okay, even yeah. in the midst of all the stuff he, that guy was dealing with, he was, yeah. you know, it's almost like an alcoholic. I mean, yeah. it's just, so well, I, think, oh, yeah. sorry. No. I think what Joe said, there is a disconnect and the same knowledge gap that our community has, the buyers have. And I know I had the privilege of being one of the speakers that stopped me in a few times. And one of the most powerful moments for me that repeated itself in multiple Um, sessions was once people, once they understood a little bit more about trafficking and they understood how vulnerable people are targeted and these are parents, they've got kids in our local schools. They would come up to me afterwards if I was near one of the breaks and be like, well, have you been out to such and such school to teach those kids yet? Cause that's where my kids go. And I want to make sure Mm. they hear this. I mean, what in the world? That's that just shows you the disconnect. Mm, right. You know? Right. Yeah. So all through this topic, um, each of our organizations or um, employers are impacting this issue with specifically sex trafficking in our community, in our state, you guys globally and internationally. You too, Joe. You just got back from Mongolia last Mongolia. year. Was yeah, that last year? Yeah, it was already a year ago. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> 2020. Um and so we're each intersecting, whether it's education prevention, training, survivor advocacy. For us, it's employment and, and job training and looking at those vulnerabilities of what rehabilit- lifelong rehabilitation looks like. Stop demand school. You're working on arresting buyers, identifying traffickers. Um, all throughout the issue, we're doing stuff. What is the one thing that you think right now you want our listeners, whoever hears this, to walk away with in 2020 amidst all the conspiracy theories, all the misinformation, what do you want them to know from your sphere right now as we wrap up? Great. Can I have two things? Totally. They're short. Okay. So from, from my perspective and my work at Unbound, I think I want everyone to take an hour, find an organization, whether it's Unbound or someone else, tons of people are offering human trafficking 101 webinars right now for free. Get on one and make sure you know the real deal. Secondly, everybody who hears about trafficking wants to do something, right? It's 
we all would agree it's awful. How do we stop it? But then nothing happens. But let me tell you, my favorite thing to do is empower people in our community who are doing anything with youth. Mm -hmm. Even if you just live next door to a house that has kids, studies show again and again that a healthy relationship with one adult is enough to prevent a child from falling into exploitation. Because if they have one safe adult that they can talk to, they will be able to to stand up against the tactics of a trafficker. And so if you are working in a youth group, doing a reading buddy at a local school, anything, big brothers, big sisters, pick something that speaks to you and just invest in the life of your, of the kids in our community. Cause that is anti-trafficking work. That's good. That's a great word. Joe, what do you want people to know? I've also got two short ones. Um, so first off, I, I think education is the most important kind of to echo what Jessica said. If it gets to a point where I'm intervening, we have a society have already failed you. Mm. So, you know, we really have to start, whether it be with, with young kids and, and teaching and training or, you know, sustainable incomes for 18 and 19 year old, you know, p- people that are at risk. Um, we really have to start focusing on that end and not the appeared sexy end of, oh, the cops are coming in, weapons drawn, kicking doors, yeah. you know, kidnapping traffickers and say like that. That is a failure in many ways um, as a society. Yeah. So we have to get it early. Um, the flip side is this. Judge Judy says something that I really like, and it's if it <laughs> Wait, are you no, quoting? Hold on, are you quoting Judge Judy? I love it. I'm going to quote Judge Judy, <laughs> and go. what she says is, if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. Mm. It's very simple. So when we start looking at, at these conspiracy theories, PizzaGate, you know, Epstein doing all these things, the reality is, and, and we've touched probably about 20 different countries, I think, when it comes to anti-trafficking work. And the reality is trafficking in all of those countries pretty much looks the same. There's only so many ways you can sell a human being. Like there's just point blank only so many ways. So when we look at this big secret nod and handshake and a number written on a, you know, index finger that you have to point up and left to be able to get into, it doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. It's, it's not secure. And the biggest thing that traffickers don't want is a to get arrested, and the other thing that people that are exploiting don't want is to be like caught. Mm. So this notion that all we have to do is show up and get on the internet and buy a kid from Wayfair mm. is absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just encourage people when you're when you're looking at trafficking or what you perceive to be trafficking because you saw something on the internet, just stop and ask if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't make sense and it's not simple. It's probably not true. Mm, mm. That's good. What are you? So you're saying there's no cabal involved with human trafficking? Is that what you're saying? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) how many? I think I think I would say I would just come alongside what everybody has has already said in some way, and that's check your sources. Like if BuzzFeed is your educational source of human trafficking, you might want to think about enlarging your mind. How about TikTok? Um, if t- yeah, TikTok. <laughs> or even people's stories. I mean, I've, I flipped through some people's stories on Instagram, and they're just posting just some crazy stuff. Which leads me to say, if you have an organization in your town that's actively involved, that works with these people, get involved with them. Like, go volunteer. Give your money. Go support. You know, use your time, talent, money, influence to come around them. Because not only will it support them, it will also increase your education. Because guess what? The people who are working with victims and survivors, 
and offenders tend to be a little bit more of an expert on them than some journalist who sat in a box in New York and wrote about them because they Googled some stuff. Um, and the second thing I would say is find a space of empathy. You've got to find a space for, of, of empathy. And I would say that in regards, and I know some people are going to be pissed about this, but even with Jeffrey Epstein, hmm. find a space of empathy. Yes, what he did was horrific. Why did he do that? What happened in his life that led him there? And it's a dark story, I'm sure, of tragedy and sadness. In the same way, don't spend so much time talking about Jeffrey Epstein as not thinking about the victims of his crime. Because those women who started out as girls are going to have to deal with the effects of that trauma for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And so be aware of that um, as you think about men and women in this issue. Yeah, and empathy is is not void of justice. No, 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 no. Never. So... They're not, they're not opposed to each other in the same way that justice and mercy are not yeah. opposed to one another. Um, I would definitely agree. Check the sources. Let's make sure we're quoting something other than TikTok and BuzzFeed. And keep um, it on. And, and also in the same way that um, most victims are trafficked by people that they know are in close proximity to, most victims are identified by citizens and people who also engage with them and people who also know them. So as Jessica quoted earlier, in the state of Texas, you are a mandated reporter. Um, you need to know what anti-trafficking organizations exist. You need to know how to report to law enforcement um, if there is suspected child abuse or trafficking of persons. Um, report it and know who to report it to and how to report it. And then second, secondly, I would say, um, that's so important to us is look at the gaps. What are the vulnerabilities in your communities? What are the gaps that we need to be working on systemically in our societies? And how do you support those? Um, shop lovely, change lives. No, I have, <laughs> because, to, I, have to, we, no, I have to say this. Nobody yes. said it. Talk to your kids. Oh, yes. Talk to your kids openly about, don't be scared social of these media. issues. Talk to your yes. kids about social media and I mean, we are constantly with our kids Monitoring. talking. Yeah, mm -hmm. my teenagers have, um, you know, obviously we know this issue, but my teenagers in are getting and have been getting ever since they got on social media um, prompts and ads from their private accounts too. But on Instagram, they get offers. Are you? Do you want to be my sugar baby? We report every one of those. We look at those accounts. We report those accounts. We block those accounts. But they're out there. I mean, they're, they're soliciting your children, you know, in gaming apps and in Snapchat and on Instagram. So, yeah, just make sure you report, block, delete. And That's if good. You, if you're a caregiver, if you have kids in your life that you're a primary caregiver for, we have a training at Unbound that's specifically geared toward that. And we actually will teach you how to respond if you find out your kid is engaging in risky behavior online, either intentionally or unintentionally. That's good. Um, because there, there are behaviors parents and caregivers can engage in that will diffuse it and provide safety, not just for their kid, but also for all the other people in the community mm -hmm. that that person may be um, grooming. And so blocking and deleting is, is one step, but we want to make sure we report it to the, not just to the app, but right. to local yeah. law enforcement, because that account, your kid might be smart enough to turn it off the kid next door might be sending nude photos and not know what's Well, in the state of Texas, too, passed that new law. If it's unsolicited, <laughs> it's a... What charge is it? It's like some kind of misdemeanor? Yeah, it's ticketable. It's not, uh, it's not arrestable. It's a good start, but... It's a start. 
jessicaunboundnow.org. Yes, unboundnow.org. And from there, you can find the local office of Unbound that's nearest your location. Um, We're not everywhere, but we have four offices in Texas and a few others scattered around the country. But thanks to Corona, we have learned how to do everything online. So wherever you're listening to this podcast from, you can join us on one of our webinars. Detective Scaramucci, where can we find you on <laughs> the Googles? We, we don't want to find you. We don't want <laughs> but I, I will take a second to plug our uh, our website. So the county does operate a website, obviously. If you go to the sheriff's office, we've revamped it. So there are links to uh, Nick for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children to um, Unbound, just different organizations that do training for um, for parents and, and you know people that have kids. Um, we also launched a while back the online anonymous reporting. So you can get on there and it's legitimately anonymous. I, there's no way for me to track it. Uh, pull down menus, you type in what you think you saw, whatever happened, it automatically flags certain emails. So we get it uh, immediately. Uh, it's been pretty good. We've had cool. some, some good cases coming off of them. And your That's office great. is also available for training other PDs or other, if they want to, I'm sure they can find that. What is what is the website they can go to? Yeah, so it's co.mclennan, M-C-L-E-N-N-A-N.tx.us. And they can always reach out to me. I mean, we, you know, not only just train, but we also do like uh, operational training. So if they're mm-hmm. like, hey, we want to run some operations, you know, can you come out and walk with us through them? We'll come out and snag people yeah there you go <laughs> uh thanks for your service thanks for being thanks. willing to go into the motel room and bang some doors down <laughs> it's my favorite Appreciate you. <laughs> hey we did it we did it we did it It was good yeah thanks for joining us and we hope you learned a lot we hope that um the goal of this podcast is to awaken hope and empower change and i certainly hope that that hope has been awakened in you, that you don't have to live in fear, that there's actually ways you can be engaged in anti-trafficking work. And I pray that we would um, empower change. You know, look, empowerment, empowerment means we're looking at vulnerabilities. We're looking at ways to be involved. We're looking at being proactive instead of reactive. And yes. so um, continue, continue learning, continue being engaged and share the love. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.